0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the show today. You know me, Colby, and I'm joined by my uh, co-host, the great and powerful Caleb. Say hello, Caleb. Oh, hey. Listen, let's get down to business real quick, and we're going to get the uh, not fun stuff out of the way before we have some fun. Uh, We need to clarify my take on the coronavirus last week. I didn't mean to appear... Or uh, make it seem uh, – well, listen, I'm, I'm not the most sensitive guy. You know this about me. I'm not the most sensitive guy. If you let me get to ranting, I will talk us into oblivion uh, and uh, become less sensitive the longer I go. You could so, probably do a cool half hour uh, on that, yeah. I, I, I could do a cool half hour on it, and it would probably be better if I wrote my thoughts and then read them hmm. on some of this stuff. Like a script. Uh, well, maybe not like a monologue, maybe an out, maybe an outline, a little bit more organized train of thought, maybe you think? No, here's the deal. Listen, I, um, I'm not saying coronavirus isn't serious. I'm not saying we shouldn't take it serious. I think you should take the measures you feel are necessary to keep you and your family safe. I think out in public, we should continue to follow what is advised, what is mandatory, those things that are left to our discretion. We should do our own research, uh, get your own facts or your own numbers, and at your own discretion, make your own decision whether you want to follow those things or not, whether you want to attend these places that have opened up or not. It's up to you. I, I would say, please, what pisses me off, please, just don't be a sheep, okay? Don't just blatantly follow whatever the news says or whatever Twitter people are saying, whatever's being posted, whatever meme is out there. Do some research. Get your own numbers. Make your own decisions. That's it. My point with the old lady was I felt like she was just blatantly assuming the arrow was going to solve the problem in the aisle with the germs. And I didn't feel like it would. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That was it. Um, I think if I would have stopped and tried to converse with her about why the arrow was important, I don't think she could have articulated why. She came at me as if the arrow says it. We should do it. Why should we do it? Can you tell me why we're doing it? Or can you tell me why this is effective or not effective? I don't. I, I just got that feeling she couldn't. That pisses me off when we're just following aimlessly. Um, so there's that. We don't have to get into whether you should follow things 100% of the time, not follow things. Uh, I, I will say that uh, there is a lovely website out there. It's covidtracking.com. And it's got some good numbers, some good statistics. Washington Post posted, or not posted, they published a, uh, a pretty good article with some statistics on COVID. And just look for your own numbers and your own statistics and don't just go what the, the fear porn is. Um, there's a lot of people that look stupid now based on what they predicted in the beginning. So don't just assume everyone has your best interest at heart. They don't. And that's going either direction. So that's my only issue. That's my only thing. That's all I was trying to express last week is, hey, lady, give me a reason before you just start trying to talk to me about what I need to be doing tonight. That's it. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. All right. While I'm ranting, we were going to save it for a current event, but we'll go ahead and get this one out of the way, too. So, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota police had a guy die in their custody. Have you seen the video? Transition.
1: Uh, Yeah, I've seen the video.
0: Okay. So, uh, a couple of things to get out of the way real quick uh, will qualify me. I've spent almost the last 20 years a little bit more involved in combat-related activities than most people. Uh, especially police-related combat activities, so I can give you a little bit uh, shine a little bit of light on use of force. I would go as far to say it's my specialty. Uh, there's no fucking reason why your shin bone should be across somebody's neck ever. Period. Ever. Uh, there is. Uh, there's a. There's a point in a fight. If if the guy's been fighting you for whatever reason, it's not important. You've been fighting a guy. We're on the ground. He's now in cuffs and in custody that you may say, hey, look, let's not move him yet for whatever reason. And and there are reasons. Uh, You may be waiting on a transport, waiting on other officers, medics, whatever the case. Uh, There is a very meaty, muscular point of your back, part of your back that is – perfect for placing your knee on to hold somebody still if they're still kicking and fighting it it's perfect for that um and it doesn't really restrict their airway um or anything like that and the restriction of the airway uh once they're in cuffs it's it's called um stay with me and i'll tell you what it is i'm thinking restraint asphyxiation and uh you should know better it, there's not another discussion about it. Whether you I, I can't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what the officer was thinking. Was it because he was black or was it because this officer happens to be a a, a gimme another give me a, a a a synonym for the P word because I'm having a hard time thinking of one. Um he's a wimp or something. A Little bit of a bitch. Um a little bit of a bitch. Uh untrained unfamiliar with those sorts of combat situation, whatever the case, you know, one of the things I took pride on still take pride on today is that I can go through a use of force situation with as minimal of injuries as possible. Not saying nobody ever gets hurt, but as minimal of injuries as possible. A lot of times the technique I use may appear very violent. And in, in truth, it it was the probably the safest route we could have went. So I take a lot of pride in that. Um, this guy either has no common sense or, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. There's a great book called On Combat, and another one, a, a brother book to it called On Killing. It talks about your body's response to an adrenaline rush in combat. And uh, I watch videos pretty often, and I don't know that this guy is feeling those effects in this video to where he's not thinking clearly. You know, that the books talk about... You know, regulating your breathing so that you're thinking clearly and you take – it's a metaphor, of course, but you step off the firing line and see the bigger picture. It doesn't appear that that's what he's experiencing. His hand's in his pocket. Uh, he appears to be doing a good job of looking around. So I have no explanation of why your shin bone would be across the guy's neck for nine minutes. Well, I got nothing.
1: Well, I—I I not don't, I don't think – I I mean I don't think there needs to be an explanation there's there's zero excuse for like I didn't think about any of those things I I've, I've thought about there's absolutely zero excuse for him murdering that guy like there's very clear video of everyone telling you that you're killing him and it did not deter him at all there are his you know partners whatever I, I saw that, or somebody said that there were four officers i don't remember seeing four in the video it was like two or three i don't know but i mean good lord
0: yeah and and there's just no ex- there's no the reason I, for it
1: like I, i'm less interested in finding an
0: well excuse. i'm not talking about excuses the reason i go down the uh, reason i go down the route of the of uh, maybe is there a is there a explanation or something some something that you can look into that officer and say okay this is where it's going wrong and the only reason I bring that up is there are some videos that you and I can sit down and look at and I can go, OK, well, this is a case of bad training or bad police tactic or or what have you. Or this is a case of that adrenaline rush where this guy isn't in control of himself and thus can't gain control of the situation. Uh, this case appears to be neither. Uh, this is just freaking it's, it's one of two things. I can tell you it's one of two things. It's complete and utter uh, disregard uh, and negligence of giving a crap. About what he's doing, or it is I'm pissed off. This guy was fighting me, and I am punishing him post fight by keeping my shin bone across his neck. That's it. And in both cases, you can't have it. Um, I, I like to sit and talk with people, uh, especially if they have questions, because a lot of times I can sit down and break down a video with you and say, "Hey, look, this is uh, this is probably what's going on, or this is where we've gone wrong, or." And whatever the case, there's a a video I always give people. I I use it as an example of um, in Arizona, a loud party call. The officer's calling the guy out of the hotel room, and this guy's drunk, and the officer's giving him the shittiest commands I've ever heard, calling him down the hall, making him crawl. The guy's shirt's coming up. He tells the guy, don't reach down, don't reach down, because the guy's pulling down his shirt. Anybody with some common sense can see this, and continues to give him very unclear, a drunk guy very unclear commands. Well, he ends up shooting the guy because the guy goes to pull his shirt down. Long story short, why didn't you just prone him out and wait? We got got all day. And that's a case of, well, I don't know that this guy's racist or does disregard for life. It's a really bad use of bad training, bad police tactics. Now, here we are in Minneapolis. I got no such thing to say about it. This is inexcusable. Have you seen the latest about this, that the mayor or the governor or whoever it was come out and said, that there are other circumstances that may uh, keep the officers from facing charges. Have you seen that? No, but that's a challenge. I read that a little bit ago. If, if I am uh, guessing just from my familiarity with these sorts of things, uh, like I said a minute ago, I was talking about restraint asphyxiation and Uh, one of the things that comes with that, that you always have to be very careful of as an officer is something called excited delirium. And I'm not saying this is fact. This is just me guessing based on what they said. Uh, excited delirium comes up a lot of time. If you're suspect, uh, if the person in custody has ingested some kind of narcotics, um, either prior to the arrest or during the course of the arrest. And what happens is, uh, it's probably an upper it's accelerated their heart rate, and now your positioning of their restraint is causing uh, their heart to give out because they, you know, it's cardiovascular failure. Uh, it's a proven thing that having somebody proned out uh, who is having an excited, delir- excited delirium attack will cause them to die. Um, there are studies on this. Um, there are cases I know of where officers – had them in the back seat and they fell over in the back seat and it, you know, laying flat in the back seat while undergoing side of delirium caused them to die. So I just drawing the conclusions I'm drawing here. Um, would guess that's probably the direction they're headed with this. Now, do I think that should completely excuse the officer? I don't. Because, again, maybe I've spent nearly 20 years very, very involved in combat, but this is pretty standardized police training, the topic of excited delirium. And so you're using an awful tactic where you blatantly don't give a shit, and you're ignoring the signs you may have there of excited delirium, And now you're compounding the medical issues that come with excited delirium because of your restraint uh, asphyxiation. And the thing is here, and I've had people ask me about chokes. First of all, in case you couldn't guess, this is not an authorized uh, approved choke in any defensive tactic out there in case you couldn't guess that. Um, if you want to see the proper use of a choke, there's a great video go on YouTube and search Tulsa Police Department gang unit fights man for gun. And it is a perfect example of a jujitsu choke in a, in a situation where it is necessary. And when I say choke, the guy didn't die. The choke was applied correctly and the guy didn't die. Uh, and that come up back with Eric Garner in New York and that choke that was applied there. And, uh. I can tell you there's a proper way to apply these things and a time to apply these things. Uh, but if you're not doing what you're trained to do or you just don't appear to care, these sorts of things happen and it can't happen, whether it's criminal or whether it's negligence, whether it whatever the case, these things can't can't be happening because at this point it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't matter. So there's that. You really, you really backing (laughs) down here. You got got to give me. No,
1: I'm. I'm just letting you. uh, Letting you have your your speech at the beginning. I'm. I'm fine.
0: (laughs) Okay, so that's the uh, shorthand version. All right. So uh, moving on here, Caleb. You, we got a question of the week, and this is from Gabe. From Kalamazoo. We have a listener in Kalamazoo. I have so many questions about
1: Gabe. First of all, where did we find him? And what on earth is he doing with his life?
0: Gabe has questions on a dad forum that we peruse. And I don't know what he does with his life. Here's the thing. Gabe's question is, what is the number one lesson you want to teach your child? In life, or what do you think it's going to be? And for me, I imagine five years ago, the answer was different. Yeah, this is the same shit we talked about. Last week. Five years ago, it was different today. It's one thing. Five years from now, it could be different, although I feel like mine's probably going to be pretty stable across the board. Um, now, I sent this question to you a little bit ahead of time. So I'm going to take I'm going to go out on a limb here. Did you actually do some preparation for this podcast second week? Of uh, week? Yeah, I thought about
1: it. I've got some, uh, some things right. jotted down. I'd actually like for you to go first on this one, though, exactly. if you don't mind. Sure. Just so I yeah, can come that, up with an answer. answer.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So a, lo- a lot of times uh, what you find in parenting is you may focus on or target some areas where you either feel you made a mistake or your own parents made a mistake. Now, uh, we're definitely not going to get into a podcast about what I agree with or disagree with our parents did, but what I can personally say from my own experience with myself and some mistakes I may have made along the way, and the lesson is, and I'll elaborate on it, but the lesson is the value of your name. That's the lesson, and what I mean by the value of your name is taking pride in your work, the value of work and hard work and that grind and staying on it. And listen, we were blessed. Our I think our dad set a good example of hard work, but there wasn't ever a lot of attention called to it. And so growing up, you know, we would hang out at home, play video games, do our thing. And this guy's out doing work and I appreciate it. But like I said, I don't think there was attention called to it. And so as we got older, uh, I personally got into a habit of doing just enough to get by. And that's fine, but it's not something you can take pride in. And then as I grew, I became an officer. And one of the things, uh, you know, number one, when you're 21 years old, it's hard to be a cop. Uh, There's no life experience there. And uh, that first year of being a police officer, man, I was an asshole. I chased more girls than I chased crooks. And I once had a supervisor who was forming a special unit tell me that, you know, I'll take you, but half the people I talk to, 50% say you're great, 50% say you have the worst attitude. And it took me time to understand and realize that you should take pride in what your name means to those around you. It's cool, Be, be, be one of one, be the only you, and that's fine if you don't. Put a lot of weight into other people's opinions. That's great. But I got caught up in this. I don't care what they think. And that's not the way to go about it. There is a value to your name. And you should value the uh, weight that comes with your name. Now, I had to work hard to get out out of the hole I made for myself. Now, that I'm gone, I hear stories all the time from family members and people that run into cops and they mention me. It appears I did a good job of making up for it, but uh, I didn't learn that lesson. I learned that lesson the hard way, and uh, they need to know there is a value in your name. Work hard. Take pride in your work. Take pride in what people say about you, and make sure that when they do talk about you, that that your name precedes you, that when they say your name without seeing anything you've done, they say, hey, look, this this person – they do good work, and, and they're a stand-up person. And it, you know, like I said, it took me a while to understand and realize that that's something that is important to me, uh, and that's the lesson I want my girls to take into their adult life with them someday. Is is that lesson and all the things that come with it?
1: So, so I actually have a pretty good story about your lesson. Then, um, if I can remember at all, uh, I wasn't prepared to do this, um, but. You, you said it wasn't ever like really, uh, overtly called out. I remember having, it wasn't much of a conversation. I remember dad talking to me about like almost word for word, what you said. And so let me start at the beginning. I had a, uh, summer job, I guess, at, a, at our local grocery store. And, uh, it was, you know, just like a little part-time thing, like a couple days a week, whatever. Well, uh, I started only being scheduled for like one day a week. And so, you know, dad would ask me, I was like, what's going on? Like, why aren't you working? And so, you know, I went and asked my boss like what was going on and like why I wasn't being scheduled and all that and basically he, he uh I don't this is the part I can't remember exactly. I don't remember the conversation that I had with him. But basically it was just like uh you know, you're not necessarily doing all the things we need you to do like you're and I'll give him this every like I was a freshman in high school, every girl that I knew that walked in the store, yeah, I'd follow them around and talk to them all the whole time they were in there. But outside of that, I thought I was doing just a fine job. And, uh, well, one day dad goes to said grocery store and, uh, talks to one of the managers there and, and gets a much more, uh, pointed, uh, stance on how, uh, good of a worker I was at, at the store. And so he,
0: he loved doing it. Yeah.
1: And so he comes home and, and lets me have it pretty good and specifically said something about how it's not just my name, it's his name too. And he doesn't want everybody thinking that Keyboy is not worth a shit. Right. And at the time, I thought it was a pretty big overreaction. And I I remember having a conversation with dad about it, I don't know, a couple of years later where we both agreed it was probably an overreaction. Uh, And I still think it was an overreaction because, I don't know, a couple of weeks go by, I didn't change a single thing about what I was doing. And all of a sudden, I'm being scheduled more days. And I was like, oh, that's weird. After a talk with pops, like you're trying to schedule me more. I didn't change anything. I did everything exactly the same way. They were full of shit. I was right. Um, And in that, in that conversation
0: with the moral story (laughs) is me and dad. No,
1: it's a good lesson. I just don't think it applied here. I just remember that's the, like that was the only time dad ever actually said that to me, I think. But uh, in the conversation with the, with my boss afterwards, when he started scheduling me more, he was like, you've really, you've really turned a 360 here and we're, we're proud of the work you're putting in. I was like, it's, it would be a 180. A 360 would just get me back to where I, where I, where you think I started. But Idiot. anyway, um, I well, let I, me, I did let me
0: let me ask real quick, real quick on that story. So how old were you? Uh,
1: I, fourteen, fifteen.
0: Well, you weren't fourteen because it was illegal for you to work. I mean, I was a freshman in high school. I was
1: a I was fourteen at the beginning of my freshman year in high school. So I guess I was fifteen. Jesus,
0: stickler. So. Well, I'm just where I'm going with this is I'm I'm wondering if there is if we just solved a mystery because that would have been about the time where I was being an asshole in college uh, and not attending school because I would.
1: My so, God. I, is there
0: a connection this here? Is your fault. Is there a connection here? It probably is. Like, like everything, everything else. else, there might be a connection where he said, "Oh, I missed this lesson with Colby. Better teach it to Caleb." And now here we are. Uh, 16 years later and i'm saying this is an important lesson because i failed to get it early on in life it all comes full circle Man, what do you know we may have just solve the case we solved, solved the case. it so what's your uh You're what's your cause lesson? of all we'll my see if we can solve your case.
1: problems what um <laughs> well that's
0: no been, the first been, person that's ever said that to me. i was
1: i was just quoting heavyweights no big deal um well, my uh the the lesson that I just like you, know, you sent it to me earlier today, I think, but I uh, kind of the first one that I thought of was uh, I want him to care about people in general. And it's kind of funny to bring it up now, um, but I, I don't. Are you implying I don't care about? People <laughs> no, too? no, not not implying it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it's it's another one of those things that, like, you know, nobody ever told me specifically like, Hey, you should do this or that. It was just something that I think was part of mine and our upbringing. Uh, and that's something I want him to do too. I, I think, uh, I, it's one thing that I can't say, but I would love if one day he could turn around and say that he did more for other people than he did for himself. I, I don't think I can say that right now, but, uh, but yeah, that would, uh, would, I don't have as much to say about it as you, but that would be the, the one lesson I would want him to, uh, to get from us.
0: Uh, yeah. I think that, um, well, I'm a little bit more, uh, what, what's the word? I, I care a little bit more. I think I care a little bit more about possessions and monetary uh, success maybe than you do. Do you think that's true? Um, I, I don't know. I
1: don't, I, we've never actually really had that conversation. Like I, it's not that I, I don't care, but i I I very much try not to take what I do have for granted and I'm not saying that you do or anything. I'm just saying like yeah, I would love a bigger house. But also I appreciate the house that yeah. I live in. It's my first house. Like we me and my wife decided we wanted to buy a house. We were able to, you know, save what we needed to, to do that and I'm thankful for it. It it's not that I I don't want more. It's just that I'm also happy with well, what, what you- I've got. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I, listen, me and Liz have this conversation all the time that I'm, um, I'm. She would say I'm never satisfied, and I think that may be very true. It doesn't mean I'm not thankful for what I have, right. but I always. It's just, it's it's it's. I don't know what it is about me, but I always feel like, hey, we should be working towards more yeah. of what it whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be money or possessions or or whatever. It, but Uh, I I don't think that's a negative thing to always be working towards more and never being satisfied with what you what you got where you're at. Uh, Now, that's probably a fair, you know, at at some point that becomes a pretty unhealthy and unhappy way to live, I suppose. But um, I think that having goals and having uh, things to work towards are very important things that keep people going. And listen, people when people retire, they die. Is because they lose those goals. And so I think that goals and having things to work towards and a destination and a plan, uh, I don't think those are bad things whatsoever. And I really honestly don't know where I was going no. by asking you this, but I was going to tie it in some. Well, I mean,
1: just, I mean, just to continue the conversation, I guess, like there's a balance here, just like there is with everything else. Like, I think that's why me and my wife kind of mesh so well, because like, I think she's thinking about, you know, two steps ahead of us sometimes. Uh, and and I'm more, yeah, but you know, right now we're doing this. (laughs) And so it's a, we balance each other out pretty well. And I think since having a a son, I think it's kind of slowed her down a little bit too, because it was always, you know, I want to have this many kids by the time I'm this age. And now it's like, well, but look at him, like, let's enjoy him for a little bit. I think that's slowed us down both a little bit, but, and, and that's, not a bad thing, not necessarily a good thing. It's just,
0: you know, right now. I'm very, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah. That's very much my attitude. Let me ask you this while we're, while we're talking about life lessons, why people are the way they are, that sort of thing. Let me ask you this. Do you think that I have that, like the coronavirus take it's pretty insensitive. I didn't go all in on it, but it's pretty insensitive. Do you think I'm that way because of the things I've seen in my life? I've lived a little bit harder life. Do you think, uh, do you think it's something from childhood? Do you think it's something from career? Do you think I'm just an asshole? What do you think?
1: I, I don't think it's any one particular thing. I think, uh, I don't, I, so you do think, no, I'm well, I mean, honestly, the, the, the other <laughs> lesson that I kind of leaned towards was, um, uh, to to teach him is that it's okay to you know unapologetically be yourself and i think you've always done that regardless of uh, of what the
0: i know you know who you are
1: i think that's fine Uh, i think it's a combination of of you having to be i mean you were big brother but then your role shifted pretty dramatically later in our childhood so i I think it it, you know it, it helped shape who you were to to kind of be more of a no-nonsense kind of kind of guy?
0: I think that there is a, a value, listen, especially in today's world, and here's another you know, lesson I think all of us would agree our kids need to learn, um, is in today's world, it's a lot easier for the assholes, the people actually trying to be assholes, to give you their opinion with social media and things out there. And you have to be comfortable in who you are, whether you upset people or you don't upset people or you're whatever whatever your personality is, it's important you're comfortable enough in that that those things you read and see don't get to you. And, you know, there was a the story this last week, and this is going to, we're going to a dark place and we have a lot to cover, but uh, there's a story, a professional, a women's professional wrestler in Japan. Her name is Hannah Kimura. And Hannah was on a reality TV show. They're kind of like a Big Brother type show. And the editing of the show painted her as kind of the villain, kind of the bully in the house. And man she got so much shit on social media she killed herself this weekend and very very sad stuff the point being that i'm not saying anything was wrong with her i'm just saying that in the ways today society is where all those fucking assholes and all those mean people can you know voice that opinion it's important that you be very comfortable and very uh confident regardless of how who you are and how you are in yourself and you know what there's nothing wrong with evolving there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, look, I used to think this, now I think this. Things change, people evolve. And if you're not, you know, that's kind of what the uh, podcast, that's what we're going for is evolving and getting better as men, as fathers, as people. That's what the website's going to be about. And, uh, and so th- that's, you know, another one of those things. Be comfortable in who you are, but don't be afraid to admit you're wrong or be afraid to change. I think those, those are all good lessons for anybody's children.
1: A, a lesson those really little assholes get, on the internet didn't
0: win. get oh uh, yeah well I mean here's the thing like I, like I said a minute ago I've spent 20 years it's not just police combat you know I was registered as professional MMA fighter at one time uh, it's real easy to talk that shit behind a keyboard right and uh, one of my favorite guy, I actually and I trained with him one of my favorite MMA guys Roger Huerta He's actually from your neck of the woods, and there is a video of him, and he's not a big guy. He's smaller than I am, and there's a video out there on the interwebs of him kicking a, a guy's ass out there on 6th Street, a much bigger man than him out there on 6th Street because that guy was talking all kinds of crazy things to a woman. And the point being, it's real easy to say that stuff when you're not faced with somebody ready to whoop your ass. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, and I'm not saying I condone physical violence, but you, let's not be, okay, let's, not, let's, let's be honest here. I condone physical violence in a lot of situations. That's just true. how I am. I've, I'm that guy. I am that guy. You talk about me brothering you. There were uh, several times where physical violence took place just based on the fact that I thought you were being treated unfairly. It's true. I, uh, actually, for unknown reasons, I thought about that time I almost fought the entire uh, boys' basketball team.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't have to get into
0: that now. We don't need to get into that. The point being is, uh, yeah, there's assholes out there and you got to teach your kids to ignore them. Not, not whip their asses. I'm not condoning physical violence. Although uh, my kids know how to fight. So there's that. All right. So um, moving on a little bit, because we've spent a lot of time on police stuff and, coronavirus and some downers which I feel like we're headed in a more positive uptick now uh, you did a little home improvement this week uh, tell us about the uh, you added the fans to the back yeah, patio yeah uh, finally, finally now so you, you didn't get electrocuted. Did not get
1: electrocuted you should always turn off the power to that part of the house when doing any sort of project that uh, excellent advice has to do with electricity uh, so yeah I uh, installed a ceiling fan on my back patio uh, just there was already a light fixture there. I took that down uh to discover the uh the mounting box uh that was very wobbly and concerning. Uh so what does anybody do in that situation? I got pops on FaceTime and said, Hey, does this look right to you? And he uh he was like, What the hell is that? And so that wasn't a good sign. Uh, and so I think it was actually my wife's idea. It was like, Yeah, it's wobbly, but when the fan's up there, the weight'll just hold it down. Uh, to which we all agreed, and we hung the ceiling fan uh i I was able to take the box down and tighten it a little bit that you know that solved some some uh some of those problems but uh the fan installation wasn't actually that bad it was just uh really i I always blame the builder of our home for all the problems we have but uh really the biggest problem was there are a lot of wires up there and you know just having space for all of it was uh was an issue but it's been 4 days and it's still up there and it still works. So, I consider cool. it a win.
0: Uh, and it's like lovely success? by Let the me way. Ask you this. A little so, breeze
1: hit the mosquitoes off the patio, that's man. That's cool.
0: Very very nice, very nice. I'm currently still exploring options on the uh screening in of my back patio. Um a little bit more expensive than what I wanted it to be. So, I'm going to look into some other options. Let me ask you real quick. Have you checked the other light fixtures in your house for that same problem you ran into with that uh, fan?
1: No, I, I, I haven't. No, I, the only, only thing I've done, so, i replaced one light me, in, a, in a bedroom, but I haven't done anything else.
0: So let me tell you a little bit about my experience. Uh, and it, I think it may be home builders that do this and cut corners. But they don't mount your lighting fixture or your your box there uh, to a two by four. They just put it up there, and I have actually experienced every single light fixture that's on the ceiling in the house being mounted to. Interesting, rock. mine is not that bad. <laughs> it pisses <Mine>. me off.
1: <laughs> so, the uh, so, the mounting box on my patio wasn't actually mounted to a two by four either. It was mounted to like this rod that was then mounted to the beams above the siding of the ceiling. Uh, so not, not quite that bad. If, if it wasn't mounted to anything, it would uh, not be hanging up still.
0: So I wonder if these sort of things are popular with home builders. Shh. If you are listening, uh, we will post, I always post the little, Hey, here's our newest uh, pod uh, post on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram at double K underscore show. And uh, leave us a comment and tell us, hey, have you ever experienced the home builders uh, cutting corners on light fixtures? We'll we'll post a picture of
1: my fan. um, Something we thought was funny: the the light fixture was a square, and uh, they very clearly put the light fixture up and then painted because you've taken. I've taken the light fixture down and added the fan, but the fan base isn't as big as the light fixture, so now there's a different color square around the fan than the rest of the ceiling which I think is an mm-hmm. example of cutting corners. So we'll probably Lake. just paint the whole ceiling. Y'all shouldn't worry imagine. about it
0: too much. I would imagine so. Oh, huh. okay. Interesting. All right. Um, so I guess the home improvement is uh, going well. You know what else I've been doing a little bit of is, I'm not reading, so don't uh, misunderstand. I'm listening to an audio book. Um, I posted about the book on our Instagram this week. It's called Chaos. The Secret History of Charles Manson, the CIA, and the 1960s, even if you're not into that sort of thing, it's a really interesting uh, account of life back then. And really what I like about it and what I've enjoyed is the guy really – it's a chronology of his investigation. He was hired to uh, just write a story for a magazine about the 20th anniversary, so this would have been a 1999 – 30th anniversary in 1999 – of the Manson family murders. And, uh, man, it took him all over the place, but it's some really good stuff. It's not really conspiracy theory stuff because he has some good research and evidence to back up some of the stuff he found. And I'm about an hour from being done with it. And for, so for right now, the stuff he has, uh, not to give you spoilers, but most of it's circumstantial that connects Manson to some of the stuff that was going on in the world at that time. But man, uh, it it just it's very uh, interesting some of the stuff that was going on back then and and he does a good job of painting the picture of what it was like in 1960s uh, Hollywood and uh, that led me of course to watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you watched, have, have you seen that movie? It's it's not bad it, and it it actually goes into the Manson family murders there at the end. Spoiler alert! I um, you're supposed to say
1: that before you it, say it, whatever the thing
0: is. Well, it's a, tar- it's a yeah. Tarantino thing. So there's a lot of subtle humor. Uh, Brad Pitt's in it, though, and I always dig Brad Pitt. Leonardo DiCaprio's great in it. And uh, like I said, towards the end of the movie, there we get it. To, we get to a pretty. It's honestly, it's pretty humorous um, view of an alternate history of the Manson family murders. Um, but it, it's just, it's very interesting stuff. And, and that guy, Charles Manson. I've I've never been which I've not read a lot about him prior to this. And now I've got off and gone down all kinds of rabbit holes. Um, I was never really that convinced that this guy was as crazy as, uh, they painted him to be. I think he wasn't all, I think, I think he was a different cat, but I I never felt like he was just crazy. Uh, because to control people that way, you you gotta have something, you gotta have something behind you. You gotta have some ammo. And, um, yeah, it, it really gets into some theories about how he may have controlled him, and just some man, some really interesting uh, things that are probably not coincidence that were going on. Uh, some famous people. I didn't know that he was affiliated with the Beach Boys pretty God, closely. I, I the didn't Beach know. Boys. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm a really? Beach Boys fan just because of the no, house back in overrated. the early nineties. I dig it. Um, and uh, you know, the guy goes, he kind of he, he puts it out there. He says, "Hey, look." All these people were partying together, and he goes down the list. I asked to interview all these people, famous people, Jack Nicholson, and I mean famous people, all decline, and so he's he's left with just what he can get. And man, he gets he gets some good stuff. It's a good read. Uh, if you're into reading, read it. If you like the audio stuff, man, I've enjoyed listening to it. So it's a good book. I'd highly recommend. Uh, moving on now, let's get into some sports here, Caleb. And I'm uh, you're I don't even know where to start. With your boy, Dak Prescott, he turned down forty five million dollars a year. No, so uh,
1: so Chris Sims reported that he turned down five years uh, at one hundred and seventy five million, which averages to one or uh, which averages to thirty five million a year. Uh, what Chris Sims says was that he wanted forty five million in the last year, and that's why he turned it down. Um, since then Chris Sims has gotten absolutely obliterated on Twitter because everyone affiliated with anyone else is saying that none of that's true and that there hasn't, hasn't actually been that offer made and that there hasn't been an offer made because they're stuck on Dak wants a shorter deal and the Cowboys want to do a longer deal. Pretty simple, uh, very uh, early on negotiations that they can't get through. Uh, So, so I did see like the report, that you were talking about, but I don't it doesn't seem to be true. Like Schefter's come out and kinda of refuted it a little bit. Also, um it I I maybe I'm on the uh in the minority here, but I think back is worth paying thirty five million a year. Um because I mean who else are you gonna get? And in like two years that's not gonna seem like that much for a quarterback. So
0: yeah, I you know first of all I didn't think it made any sense that initial report um, not for any other reason than I mean it just seemed nonsensical that that was the breaking point that Dak re- did, you know declined to offer due to that um, but I think here here's the thing you're you're absolutely right in a year or two uh, because the report came out today good personal friend of the podcast Patrick Mahomes is negotiating his contract. They've they've begun his contract extension negotiation. Um, So I think uh, we all know that it doesn't matter what you pay your quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is about to be the highest-paid quarterback, highest-paid NFL player in history. Um, Now, that said, if you're Dak, I don't think you can – right now, the way the market stands right now, can you really ask for highest-paid quarterback money? When you haven't done the stuff those highest paid quarterbacks are getting paid?
1: I think it? so. I think you still can because That's I mean saying. you're you haven't missed a game. You have a winning record, you have two what is it, two two playoff appearances, and then uh is it just two? I don't know. Two playoff appearances and then at least one playoff win. At least. Um I, I think you've done enough to get the next deal. Um i don't know i can kind of see it both ways honestly i think if i was dak i'd probably just say you know what sure like if he's that confident in himself then play this year on the franchise tag get your uh whatever it is 30 million guaranteed do it again next year for 35 million guaranteed and just do the Kirk cousins thing because he's Kirk cousins has worked the system better than anyone because he's getting all his guaranteed money and nobody else is so like let's For those of you that don't know how NFL contracts work, the Cowboys want to do a longer deal so they can just spread out all the guaranteed money and keep his cap hit as low as they can. Dak wants a shorter deal because he wants to get to the next contract. You want to get as many contracts as you can in your prime. I don't know how old Dak Prescott is. He's probably on the older side. I don't know. Only 25? I feel like he stayed all four years at Mississippi State, so he's probably 25 or 26, so You can see he probably, especially the way he plays, is a little more physical. He probably doesn't want to take a five year deal, hit the market again when he's thirty-one and taking five more years of hits and everything else. So I mean I can see it both ways. I think I still think they probably get a deal done and it's probably gonna be around that five years, one seventy-five, uh, if he can't get a year off. But the Cowboys always do these long deals. Like they've got their entire offensive line locked up for like three more years. Uh, that's just, they, I don't know why they prefer to do it that way. I feel like they're the only ones, but uh, so yeah, I still, I still think they probably get a deal done. Maybe it isn't this year, but I don't think he goes anywhere.
0: Yeah. I don't think he goes anywhere either. I think they put something together. eventually. I, I like it. Um,
1: Yeah, I'm good with that. You like him as a quarterback? Like, I think he's actually a good quarterback.
0: I mean, I'm fine with that. Yes, absolutely, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not Patrick Mahomes. If that's the bar, I like like, him. Good luck. I like him. (laughs) Well, good personal friend of the podcast. Um, I don't know if you've heard. Have you heard that? I don't know. Hey, did you train MMA or? I don't know. I, don't, I we listen. We've not talked about it. why are you why are you acting like yeah, I just dropped I that think all you the time. for
1: like three straight weeks, and I notice it every time because it's like not really related, but then it finds its way to be related. I just thought it was a good time to bring it up. <laughs>
0: have I dropped that the past three? It was it was appropriate. Um, yeah, today. yeah.
1: I mean, I guess it's always technically appropriate.
0: It's fine. Well, I mean, it's important not information to qualify okay. my expertise. I'm sorry, I hit a
1: sore, content source spot subject sore.
0: content. Moving on. Listen, don't paint me out to be a fucking uh what do they call Affliction douche. Okay. Okay. Don't paint me to be I don't feel like I just wings. That. Hey, I used to train used I didn't to say it was Man. Don't paint me out true. to be that. I'm just
1: you reminded us from time to time. Okay. I'm just saying. We should do a Mario Kart podcast. Okay. I'm just, I am just—I was just all trying to think of something I'm, like, podcasts. qualified to be an expert in. Whoa. Just
0: Okay. We'll, we'll put it, have our producers in, uh, put in the notes. We'll add it later on. Put in the notes. Here we go. Uh, moving on. Uh, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, they're all trying to return NHL. First one. Like I said last – I think I said it last week. I expected NHL to be returning. And uh, – or no, I, I said I was worried about them returning, didn't
1: I? I think so. I it think you said you were actually ago. more – they were more likely to just the, scrap the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I was I was I was worried about it, but they have come back with a vengeance <laughs> and announced uh, pretty much the whole league's going <laughs> to the playoffs. Twenty-four teams, uh best of five first round. And uh one important thing to note though, our Dallas Stars got a first round bye in that deal. Um so that's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh NBA Yeah, so the NBA's deal is, um, Uh, like, the plan
1: that they want is early June. uh, Teams can actually go back to their facilities and start, like, a training camp. And then they want to bring everybody down to Florida to start, like, a, uh, I don't know, like a mini preseason thing for a couple of weeks. And then get some sort of actual game started in mid-July. Did you see what Mark Cuban's idea is? He, so he wants the whole league to come back, play uh, five to seven more games. Um, and the reason I think he said it at five to seven games is because the only... Oh, let me keep going. And then after they play those five to seven games, I think it's 20 teams would go to a playoff kind of thing. The 19 and 20 seeds would play each other as a play-in game to get to play the... Seven, 17, 18 and then so on and so forth until you get to 16 teams. And then it's just seeded out one through 16 um, to have the playoffs. Uh, the Doing it that way doesn't actually eliminate anybody from the playoffs, at least in the West, except for Minnesota and Golden State. And so everybody would have something to play with. And I think that's probably the most important thing with the NBA because like I don't, know, I don't know if you saw what Damian Lillard said. He said if there's not a chance to make the playoffs,
0: I'm, I, he's not playing. Oh, Dame's, yeah. So, Hey, listen, Damian Lillard is probably my favorite player in the NBA right now. Uh, did you happen to catch the interaction between I him did, and Dan actually. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was surprised that Dame was the one that said yeah, that. Yeah, so. Because yeah. – that's my competitor, man. Like if you ask me who do I think is the most competitive guy in the NBA, that that, that thing we've talked about that Jordan had well, uh I was probably gonna well, yeah, find Yeah, and it that's today. the thing though.
1: He doesn't necessarily see that as competing. What's he competing for? Like other than just I mean, I I don't know. Like I think to him that seems like I'm going out there He's to get He's gotta paid. be
0: getting frustrated with the Blazers. And that's that's yeah. not necessarily how he that. I can see that.
1: He rolls, so
0: uh, and they're Major screwed. League Baseball is just looking like shit, man. They canceled the minor league baseball season altogether. I, I think. Um, so, boy, it, listen, baseball already has some issues. If they can't get their shit together, yeah. Be in and so the deal with baseball is the owners.
1: So, they basically want to do a revenue, a revenue sharing deal with the players, but they don't want to tell the players what the revenue is. And so the, the hangup is oh. so back in March, the baseball owners sent,
0: remember that thing I said about not <laughs> yeah. being cheap. So, remember that? so the baseball owners
1: uh-huh. uh, sent this proposal to the players association that was approved. It said players would get a prorated salary for the season. So basically let's use Mike Trout as an example. He makes $35 million this year. If they play, Half of the 162 games, then he would make $17.5 million, half of his full salary. Now they're trying to say, well, due to extenuating circumstances, we have to change this again. And I don't know how they've come up with it, but there's some sliding scale of pay cuts, basically. So using Mike Trout as another example, again, uh, instead of going from 35 to a million, due to him being one of the most highest played uh, players in the league, he would go from 35 million to just over $5 million, regardless of the amount of games that are played. And so Mm. the, the way base and really the way all these leagues do it when they're trying to come up with an agreement with their players association is they, uh, they tailor it towards the majority of the players. So it gets accepted. So, Baseball's done this again, and so like let's take the lowest play uh, paid player in the league, which makes like I don't remember the exact numbers. Let's say five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, prorated, he would make half of that, two twenty-five. On the sliding scale, his only goes down to like two hundred. Like he just like, he just gets a little bit more taken off. So there's, you know, that many more of those players than there are Mike Trout's, and so that's what they think is going to get accepted. But did you see what Max Scherzer said? Max Scherzer doesn't say a ton of things about this kind of stuff. Like he's not Blake Snell just going off on Twitch or something. Max Scherzer doesn't have a Twitch account. Um, But he said basically if this is what the owner's actual proposal is, then there's no point in sending a counter offer to them. And so that's not a great sign, I'd say.
0: Listen, if you're that far apart and your half your season's mm-hmm. already gone, you're in big trouble. Yeah, and this
1: week was this was supposed to be They're like the big, big week for baseball, but then like so now the players union is basically starting from scratch. They're like if this is your first offer, like we're not even gonna respond and make a counter offer. We're gonna send you our first offer and we can start from there because they don't see they don't see a starting point even in that in that first offer. So So that's good.
0: Boy, I don't know. They're really hurting themselves. Um, all right, we have another uh, another question. Trying to move through some of this quickly. It's from Walter in Franklin, Tennessee. Lovely, Franklin. I'm visiting mm-hmm. Franklin for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Walter uh, wants to know if we have any recommendations on good manly shows to binge watch.
1: D- define manly
0: show. Um, I mean, I will go out on a limb. Listen, I'm a Grey's Anatomy fan, but it's not really that manly. So there's a example of something not manly. So do the opposite hmm. of Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Binge watch. Um, <laughs> Give me something funny. Give me something action. Give me something something. Adrenaline pumping manly sweat sunflower seeds on the couch kind of thing Gross. to binge.
1: Um, yeah, I don't have anything like that, but what I'm
0: currently <laughs> binge-watching,
1: I guess. Uh, yeah. So what we do, we kind of play the hits in between uh, what we actually, like, something new to watch, and so right now, the new thing that we're watching is uh, mm-hmm. Community. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um,
0: I've uh, done a little Community. I've done a little Community. No, i did a lot of Parks and Yeah, rec. Parks and rec. Like rec. a good community. one, too. It's one of the
1: hits. Um, community... Joel McHale, he's at a community college. Uh, he's an old guy at the community college. Uh, Donald Glover. Um, Chevy Chase is running around there for a little bit. But it's, it's really funny. It's really good. That's what we've uh, enjoyed during quarantine.
0: Um, I would highly recommend, if you want a manly binge watch, to get you some of that last dance. I don't think that counts. People have Michael Jordan fatigue out there. It counts. It could be... I'm, done. I'm Only with Scotty. You, Scotty. Um, uh, no, I'll give you. Oh, calm down. I will give a you. Second. I feel um, like I've seen it twice. Listen, I, there's not. What, why do you keep? Why do you keep? Why are we attacking me today? Are you feeling <laughs> the last day. It's your personal work. the things that I hold near and dear in my life? You mocked my mixed martial arts career. You mocked my love for michael not. jordan you judged me for being rude about the that old lady before in we Walmart. started recording and i'm pretty sure that you were judging my uh qualifications to be an expert witness in use of force by police officer i
1: don't think i did half of those I'm sorry.
0: It felt, My apologies. Is it a tone? You have a tone. You have a tone. No, here I'll give you. I'll give you some good binge watch stuff. There's not a lot of good news stuff right now, obviously. Um, True mm, Detective season one, one. It was on HBO. Mm, HBO. I did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a big fan of season that? one. Okay, HBO Go. Um, it's also on. Uh, you can buy it on Vudu, but uh, yeah, McConaughey, Woody Harrelson. Gosh, it's good stuff. Um, season three is actually pretty solid too. I
1: never even attempted to start Uh, it. I don't know why we just never went back to it. I fell asleep in the first episode of season two and we never turned it back on. And then I always wanted to get around to season three and I never did. Yeah, no, don't
0: bother. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't bother with season two. But season three, man, is, uh, it's a good little mystery and, uh, it, it does a little bit more pulling at your heart than, uh, what season one does. Um, and then we have, uh, you know i listen okay go ahead <laughs> theme of the show today i the, theme of the show i apologize theme of the show this was before you judged me and made me feel like shit about my life did i did i make but i feel was like gonna shit? say you mean to make you feel 48. like shit about
1: your life how did i make you feel it like did. shit about your life
0: the first the the first the first 48 being one of them i appeared. i ruined your grocery store career and you've judged all of my oh, opinions on this like podcast. Don't worry about that. Um, the, the, the first the first 48 um, Homicide Squad, and it follows Atlanta PD Homicide Detectives. Uh, they had them a, a pretty difficult case. And uh, that's actually been one that me and my oldest have been I, I didn't mean you don't, don't appreciate me. what you have. I um, just meant that like,
1: I was speaking solely from how I operate. I wasn't supposed to be condemnation on how you feel you've definitely rained on my parade speaking of of parades disney's reopening
0: what do you got (laughs) disney (laughs) yes with no parade i don't know if you knew that uh, like i said i
1: prepared a lot for this uh, for this recording so uh, my note here says no parades no fireworks no character meet and greets no Caleb.
0: Yeah, uh, listen, the character meet and greets are a deal breaker. Um, There was actually uh, research being done in my home to go to Disney World during Christmas. uh, Because they're going to be, that's going to be one of your only times you're ever going to get Disney World at 50% capacity during the holidays. And listen, for the adults, the meet and greets, you know... If my kid going, can't meet far, Pluto, I'm not going. That's not really why I, I there it is. Yeah. For your kids, the meet and greets are pretty important. Um and for the price you're paying, you want the full experience. I don't think we did the fireworks at all this Wow. Past time. Um But the the we did so do I, one I, of the I parades. I didn't never do a parade. And of course it's Ton of meet and greets. I don't think. Yeah, I did you the missed the parade. The parade was good, man. I got a good video on that on that trip we went to uh, together. Uh, we did. I, I maybe I may have seen maybe. the videos. Uh, but uh, anyhow, no, oh, you weren't no, at the same parade so. I was at. I... Uh, anyhow, though, uh, yeah, if you're going to be paying that kind of money, you want the full experience. The meet and greets were the deal breaker. Also, I'm a hotel. Um, I'm bougie about hotels. And on this short of notice, we're looking at a mid-tier hotel, and that's just not going to work for me. Sorry, but I have too many kids to stay to I, uh, in a hotel room. So I, I did when, um, when uh,
1: reading about Disney opening. I found what could possibly be your dream job. Are you ready? Uh, Disney is training a social distance squad, a group of highly energetic cast members who will educate and encourage guests <laughs> to stay the recommended six feet apart. The tactic is already in practice at Disney Springs, Which began uh, phased reopening, blah 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 blah. Uh, So far, the squad has been a hit. Also, signs that read "Help us protect the magic" will uh, be placed throughout the parks. What do you think? You dress up like Aladdin and tell Uh, people to get away from each other.
0: I was actually about to go in on. I I, listen. I'll dress. Listen. Put me in a stormtrooper outfit. I will do that (laughs) all day. Then I was right because that's actually a good one. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the stormtroopers step on one. people's I rights I too. So, I, uh, saying,
1: okay, everybody, let's break it up. Well, the yeah, stormtroopers—I storm don't, don't know if to, I think I've told
0: you this, but you know, if you haven't been, they—they they, the stormtroopers actually walk around interacting with people, and it's—it's it's pretty funny. They—they they get into, you know, yeah. barking at people and giving orders to people and move along, and you know, all that good yeah. stuff. So, I can do that. I could do that. I was actually about to go in on the uh, fact that you have to wear a mask at Disney World. Uh, I did, did you know that, but um, yeah, wow. So, there's that also. So the stormtrooper helmet solves uh, that problem. Yeah, although it does, it does not it filter That's out true. toxins.
1: I just watched all the movies again.
0: Um, kind of. Did, uh, no, we don't have to do that. We're doing Star it. We'll tease Wars it. Rankings? Best. Okay. Probably next good. week we're uh, an hour week deep. We can
1: people, do, uh, you know, pick a movie and then we'll just go over our favorite scene from the movie or something. That sounds good.
0: Sounds exciting. Did you uh did you happen to look for uh, the I did, video of the alligators? Actually. Um It was Animal Thunderdome in South Carolina on the golf course. Two alligators wrestling each other Listen, to yeah, their dinosaurs. I, I was
1: surprised by the noise. I don't know if they you knew made.
0: That. Yeah, a little bit. The terrifying. Listen, moving to Florida was on the table. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want my dog to get eaten. Yeah, it's true. Um, terrifying. I don't know if you know who anyway, I am. Anyway, there were alligators losers, uh, like wrestling
1: on a golf course. And uh, this was actually in South Carolina. But they, they just kind of made some sort of weird grunting noise at each other. And I, honestly, when I looked up the video, I thought it was going to be a little more exciting than it was. It just looked like they had like their braces locked or something like one one had his mouth clamped onto the other's, like, jaw, and then the other one had his mouth clamped onto the other one's leg. Uh, and they just kind of, like, flopped around there. Like, I don't know. It, it just, I expected there to be some, like, running around, and, like, one chased after the other, and then they jumped in the water, mm-hmm. and they jumped out, like, bit off a golfer's arm.
0: But there wasn't really any of that. I think you're under, I think you're over the mobility of the alligators. Have you seen the, no. uh, the python video? I, I don't think so. So this python, this, this lady has, I'm assuming it's a pet, she has it in a room, in a cage, and this lady is being filmed, she opens the lid, and for Christ's sake, you can see the python is waiting on her. It's waiting on her to put her arm out. And when she reaches in, that motherfucker latches on and does not let go. So he bites her in the arm and she kind of picks him up. And when she does the, he's wrapping her. He's got her, he wraps his body around her arm and he's like pulling her into the cage. And uh, it's when I say cage, it's not a cage. It's like a fish tank. And uh, she's given, she's staying pretty calm and she's giving the guy that's with her like instructions. Hey, we need to pry his mouth open and do this and use this alligator hook or this uh, snake hook and do all this stuff. And when he pries the snake's mouth off of her, man, she's... Squ- I mean, blood is squirting. But it's a python doing python things. It's yeah. a python what did doing you python expect? Stuff. Go watch a movie. Oh, no, that was an anaconda. Never mind. It could have been, an Anac- uh, been an anaconda. surely it was anaconda. each huh. ass H- asshole. Some terrifying things going on in the Everglades. We, uh, we'll have to talk about it sometime. <laughs> Tell
1: them producers.
0: Terrifying. There's terrifying things going on in Florida Everglades. Don't go there. It's a goddamn rainforest, Jurassic Park situation. All right. Uh, Also, uh, another little current event before we go. A pigeon flew into Tom Holland's home, and he named it Will Smith. So, Caleb, as creative as that name is, do you have any creative Um, I think it would be funny.
1: And for those of you listening that don't know who he is, you're going to have to look it up. But uh, I kind of want to get like a little chubby, stout little bulldog and name it Bartolo Cologne.
0: That's not, yeah. that's not bad. That's not bad. I uh, I should have named Oliver Meat Bag. Meaty. Yep. Meaty. Because he is he's a bag should've of meat. He's just so meaty. Because he's perfect. Did you did you ever was speak speaking a perfect? Did you ever see the uh, Burmese Mountain Dog mix with a, is it Cocker Spaniel? I think it was a poodle. poodle. Uh, poodle. Yeah, I was in a picture of that. They They don't shed, man. They're like miniature Olivers. They're miniature. So Oliver is, he's not that tall. He's not nearly as tall as my Doberman. Uh, but he weighs significantly more and he's long. And so just imagine a miniature because Oliver is not full grown and he weighs 95 pounds. So if you had a little miniature, he's just so lovable. Last night he laid Yeah, on I think you like should get one of those kid.
1: miniature dogs and uh, rehome Oliver uh, to me.
0: No. Hey, but listen, yeah. Oliver's ruined it for all other dogs. There will never be another dog come into my house. There will that's never be another dog come out. in my house that isn't Oliver. I'm taking you're him. not getting Oliver. You're not getting it, man. He's the best dog. I, I we've po- I've posted pictures if you're wondering about Oliver. I have posted pictures on our Instagram account. He's the white and black dog. He is the <sighs> best, sweetest, smartest dog I've ever had. He just loves to love. Uh, but he does have a big boy bark and he will it's take fine. care of business. He's never going to do anything wrong. So, uh, all right, my friend. Well, uh, another fine addition to the podcast and I hopefully, uh, well, listen, full disclosure, <laughs> we had to restart the podcast today because I was starting off. You're not supposed to tell on
1: that. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: Well, full disclosure. Listen, I get it. I'm an honest guy. So, um, uh, I started out as a as an asshole and so on the third take uh hopefully I didn't offend too many folks on this one. I didn't I didn't attack uh, any large demographics or groups of people uh on it's the one well that will make it I to think air. it's true I can't
1: I can't keep track of everything we say but uh I'm 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 sorry if I hurt your feelings. You seemed hurt earlier. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Well,
0: if you're good, I'm good. All right. All right. Well, in that case, we will uh, see you next week. For Caleb, i Kobe, We're out.